Welcome to HIPAA Talk. Total HIPAA Compliance, host of this podcast, helps health insurance agents, employers who offer health benefits plans, business associates, and healthcare providers complete the required HIPAA documentation through our HIPAA Prime service. We also provide online HIPAA training. Drew Green, the Director of Information Technology and Security Services for Thomas, Judy, and Tucker, a North Carolina-based CPA and professional services firm, talks with Jason Karn, Chief Compliance Officer for Total HIPAA. Mr. Green discusses how cloud services affect a penetration test, what arrangements need to be made with the cloud provider prior to the test, and whether access to services can be interrupted during a penetration test. He concludes, what are the real benefits of a penetration test? You know, a lot of companies with the cloud are moving into using cloud services and, you you know, and, and dispersing things so their email server might be hosted by Google Apps, um, might be hosting files in Google Drive or Dropbox or ShareFile and those sorts of things. How does that affect or change when you go about doing a, uh, a penetration test or is it something you just try to focus on the network itself and then not really look at those systems or how, how does that, how does that affect what, what you do? Sure. So I, I was actually just having a conversation on this subject earlier today. And uh, so the, uh, you know, obviously the, the cloud has changed a lot of things for uh, everyone and given us a lot more options in the IT world. But uh, all it is, and one of my favorite uh, quotes is the, uh, you know, uh, there's no such thing as the cloud. It's just someone else's computer. So, uh, you know, uh, if we're looking, say, at email, well, email is a a viable attack vector, uh, say, for phishing, uh, whether it's hosted by Google or Microsoft or yourself. Uh, The difference is, like I said earlier about identifying the uh, correct IP addresses so we don't hack the wrong server. Well, uh, hack, you're trying to hack into something hosted by a cloud provider uh, you know, without authorization is the quote-unquote wrong computer. So, <laughs> right. so uh, one thing that we uh, really focus on when working with clients that use various cloud services is obtaining an authorization form from the provider. And uh, most of the reputable cloud service providers out there will have standard procedure for working with penetration testers. Okay. Get a, a, a sign off by the uh, by the client themselves and by the cloud provider, and you set a window of time that you'll be working and sort of the scope of the work. Uh, so, uh, you know, with that type of thing, we uh, you certainly want to work within the uh, you know guidelines that they've set for us, but uh, other times, you know, maybe our client decides that they don't want to uh, examine that scope. They want to just focus on the stuff that they have on site. And so really it's uh, a a service that we customize for each client. We recommend working or uh, assessing every scope, every or every potential scope that there is for, uh, you know, for something to hack in because just because I uh, avoid your cloud-hosted email doesn't mean that the real bad guys are going to, but right. uh, you know, due to budgetary constraints and things like that, uh, an organization might deem this uh, particular vector as less of a risk, and so they would rather just focus on, uh, say, the internal stuff that is hosted on site. So, uh, 
long story short, uh, we can work. We certainly uh, work with cloud services uh, when authorized by said cloud companies. Is there a possibility, or you know, of losing service, losing ac- accessibility as the penetration is going on? Like, do you need to make sure you're scheduling this for a time frame? Do you usually run pen tests? like late at night or over the weekends when you know there's going to be less uh, traffic or less uh, access or how, how exactly do you go about that so you, you make sure you don't disrupt services as you're going through it? Sure. So uh, service disruption is always a concern of our clients and it's uh, always a possibility and, you know, our uh, contract that we sign with our clients ahead of time uh, states that. Uh, however, uh, it's generally not been an issue for us. Uh, there has been a case here or there where some, uh, you know, some service that is not really terribly important to a client has gone down, and we uh, we reach out to them and have them uh, restore it uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, there is always a potential for some kind of service disruption or data loss or things like that. So as a, res- as a result, we always recommend that clients create solid backups of everything prior to us uh, conducting our assessments. Um, so uh, as far as the hours that we do it, we conduct our assessments during normal business hours. Uh, if, if a client requests that we do it outside of normal hours, we could, uh, but we uh, have not thus far. Uh, one of the main reasons why it's important, though, to uh, that assessments be conducted during business hours is that the, uh, you know, what an attacker sees happening on a network is going to vary throughout the day. If you see lots of traffic of sensitive information, say, in uh, the middle of the day at, say, noon, uh, you know, that's something that might not be seen at eight o'clock at night if everybody goes home and nobody's working remotely, say. So in order to get the most real world uh, vision of what your true security is, uh, it's recommended to not, basically to not put any constraints on the assessment. We want to look at all the scopes during normal business hours and yeah. You know, I'm sure that the fear is if I'm in the middle of doing something and all of a sudden I don't have access to information that can make for really difficult day. Why should an organization perform a penetration test? Well, um, a penetration test is the best way to determine your real-world security posture. Uh, You have various regulations, maybe uh, Sarbanes-Oxley or FINRA or HIPAA, uh, that are going to mandate certain controls be put in place. Uh, But that doesn't actually mean you're secure. Uh, those are more checklists than anything else. You have to you have to do these things, uh, or else you get in trouble. And yes, they do provide some value. They uh, help uh, get things up to a certain baseline. But uh, really, the art of hacking, so to speak, is not about uh, giving up when you hit the first speed bump. It's about thinking. Uh, you know, dynamically and coming up with cool solutions to to problems that you might come across. So just because you have a firewall in place that's blocking access to this sensitive server, say, so that way you check the box on your uh, compliance checklist, uh, that doesn't mean somebody can't get around that. So penetration testing is really beneficial because 
it'll show you those things that the uh, baselines and the regulations don't hit. Uh, also, a lot of the uh, compliance guidelines are not specific about what types of controls are to be put in place or exactly how they are to be implemented. So you might check the box that says we have a firewall, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's configured properly. And uh, so penetration testing is going to go in, and if we're going to find if there's something not configured properly on that firewall, well, we use that uh, to exploit X, Y, and Z. So it it's really the most realistic view of your company's security. We hope you enjoyed this installment of HIPAA Talk. If you have any questions you would like to communicate with our experts, you can find us on Twitter at TotalHIPAA or our website, www.totalhippa.com, or email us at info at totalhippa.com.